It's the next level. To whom it may concern, we are survivors of Oceanic Flight 815. We have survived on this island for 80 days. We're six hours into the flight when the pilot said we were off course and turned back towards Fiji. We had turbulence and crashed. We've been waiting here all this time, waiting for rescue that has not come. We do not know where we are. We only know you have not found us. We've done our best to live on this island. Some of us have come to accept we may never leave it. Not all of us have survived since the crash. But there is new life, too. And with it, there is hope. We are alive. Please don't give up on us. It's, uh... It's perfectly. been a long break but we are back welcome to another episode of we have to go back lost revisited as we continue our journey into the third season of the series i am one of your hosts fiddle faddle and i am cool ranch doritos (laughs) i got a little lost on the way here it took me almost a month to get back to my desk and my microphone but here we are diving deeper into season three this time with episode 12, Par Avion. Why, why Avion. Did, why did we name Avion. ourselves? Why did Is we it name water? Ourselves it's not water. <laughs> <laughs> We're already, the boat's already rocking. We just started. Well, We're not even a minute it's in. It's fine. It's you know. fine. Why did we name ourselves snacks? Because well, I'm hungry. Oh, okay. Uh, no, if you don't Fiddle, know. Fiddle, faddle, and Cool Ranch Doritos sounds pretty good right now. So. I, I actually have a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos on my kitchen counter. Um. <laughs> If you don't know where Ben and Kristen by now, where have you been? That's, you know, we'll just put it like that. Uh, but yeah. But we're so, glad you're here. <laughs> well, we're glad that we're here. It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a while. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't. Those are the only words I know. So no Nickelback. Fine. No Nickelback allowed on this podcast. Is that who sings that song? I, I think so. Yeah. Or no. I, oh, shit. I don't know. Maybe it's not Nickelback. That might be Stained. And actually, it is Stained. Oh, stained. I like stained. Stains allowed. Don't go breaking my heart. All right, that's, go ahead. That's not stained. <laughs> it's it's a record how long it took us for the train to derail. <laughs> <laughs> the train derailed in the introduction. Um, but again, it's it's been a long. It's it feels like it's been forever since we podcasted. So we're getting it out of our system now. Uh, which, Ish. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's going to continue for the rest of the podcast. Just a warning. We've been talking to each other for 50 minutes before we hit record. We said, you know, we should probably just hit record. Well, that's nothing new. We do that every no. time we podcast. It gets to the point like 20 minutes into the conversation, we'll be like, okay, we, <clears throat> we should start. And then 20 minutes later, we finally hit record. 
Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we're going to continue on with our season three uh, rewatch and follow through the episodes this time. Episode 12, Par Avion, which is a Claire flashback. Just a, uh, a quick heads up. As always, this is a spoiler full podcast. So you're going to hear stuff from the past as well as stuff for the future of the series. And from the sideways. <laughs> well, that doesn't happen for a while. But yeah, uh, but it could come up. You never know. Uh, and this week, we mark the return of the Manifest Minutes, because Manifest Season 2 has begun. Yay! So we're going we're gonna to dive into that as well. But before we get into this episode, uh, there's an article I found over the course of the break uh, that came from Screen Rant. I figured maybe we could spend a couple minutes on it just to see how we feel about these results and the article is the top 10 most hated supporting <laughs> characters of lost including uh, a dog in the background sorry that's herschel yeah herschel's having some problems that's all right herschel's awesome okay most hated characters let's let's hear it okay who's number 10 so let's start we'll, we'll start with number 10 obviously and work down to number one number 10 completely agree that these characters belong on this list Take a while. Nikki and Paolo. Nikki and Paolo. Uh, they 10. should be higher. They should be higher. <laughs> well, they should be number one. Well, then again, I don't know. Because when we see number one, it, uh, you could disagree that you could agree that it might actually belong uh, at number one. Number nine, don't agree with at all. Should not be on this list. Anna Lucia. Oh, uh, that's just because she, you know what? People don't have a good enough memory of her. If, I I think that if you rewatch it and you know that that was supposed to be her arc, she was supposed to have that short of a time on the island. I don't know. I really liked her. I liked her arc. I, I yeah, I totally disagree. It's weird too, because if you had asked me if she belonged on this list before we started this podcast, I probably would have said yes. But since, like you said, uh, talking about her character arc and reading into it a little bit more as we've been analyzing these episodes, um, I've changed my opinion on Anna Lucia. I think she is a much stronger mm-hmm. character than we than I initially thought. And now mm-hmm. I'm of that opinion. She does not belong in this list. Yeah. Uh, number eight uh, is Shannon. Huh. Another character that I think kind of came across one-dimensional, maybe within the first watch of the series. But as you analyze... <clears throat> there is a little bit more depth to her character. So I could <clears throat> I think she's one that you could take or leave when this with this list. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I like Maggie Grace a lot. I think she's uh, I think that she's one of the few redeeming qualities of uh Fear the Walking Dead. Um but yeah, I think we look back on Shannon and we only think of her as the the Shannon character relates to Saeed. And maybe that's about it. Yeah. Um, numbers seven and eight or seven and six are two characters that we have not yet met in our rewatch. But I actually agree. Uh, I would think belong in this list. Number seven is Dogen, um, which is kind of like the mystical member of the others that we meet a little bit later on. I think in uh, season season six is when we first meet him. <clears throat> He's one of the characters at the temple. OK. Oh, oh OK. Um, as is number six, Lenin, which is the, uh, the guy that kind of looks like he belongs in the sixties, um, <laughs> which is, he's actually Dogen's assistant in, um, uh, at, at the temple. So, uh, number five is another character we have yet to meet. We won't meet until season six as well as the man in black. 
I don't think he was annoying. I think he's rather important to the story. Well, I also didn't. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I can't wait until we get to those those later seasons just because, you know, the story gets so muddled and I'm really excited to just kind of unmuddle it and like kind of stretch it out and, and figure out what goes where and why and, you know, really put it, put it together, you know, so that the puzzle looks a little bit better. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Number four, again, another character. Maybe we should have saved this list for a little bit later, but it's all right. Uh, Number four, another character wholeheartedly agree this character belongs on this list because I felt the same way. Uh, we won't meet her again until season six is Zoe. Uh, another one of the others from the temple. Well, and she- if you don't remember her, it, there's a good reason. I think this person with the article just didn't like the temple. <laughs> Maybe. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way though. Well, I can see why it was kind of a tragic pit stop along the way. Yeah, I think it was a, a no, I forgive the pun, but I think it was a, a point in time where the story was actually lost. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, they were still they were trying to find their footing because they were hitting they were basically pushing to the finish line of the series and they kind of had to wrap up some loose ends. And this was one of the ways that they did. It. This was a big this was a big loose end, too. I mean, they they're these guys were alluded to even in season three. Um you know, where the kids went and where that's uh, where the flight attendant went and where they came from and where they, you know, so they had to, I think, make, make, yeah, like you said, tie up that loose end in the story. And and it probably just was one of the ultimate failures of of the entire series. I don't know. Anyways, what's uh, the next one? We're going into our top three now, and these are all three characters that we do know already at this point. Number three, do not agree with this at all, and it's actually pretty important to this week because this is one of her episodes. Claire. Claire. I don't think Claire belongs on this list. I I don't know about your opinion on that. I I know there are times maybe she did get get on people's nerves. You know what? I don't think that she was annoying. I don't think she was annoying at all. I I think she was actually not used to her full potential. And I think that that was annoying. Like, and, and and this was something that I wanted to bring up later in this episode. The fact that her and Jack never, ever get to have a sibling moment this entire series, even though it was set up that way, pisses me off. That's annoying. Well, let's not also forget too, I think it's season four. She's not in most of the season. Like no, she kind yeah. of completely disappears. It's like they didn't know what to do with her character. And I feel like that that's just such a shame because her character could have been really great. Could have been really great. Like they could have reunited her with Aaron. They could have uh, united her and Jack as, as a sibling front to be dealt with and to be reckoned with into the end of the series. They could have gotten her off the island. They could have, they could have done so many different things and they just kind of like pushed her to the side, gave her dreadlocks, and that was the end. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's uh, it's rather unfortunate that she's on this list, and I don't think <clears throat> her being on this list is no fault of her own. No, absolutely. I And and I don't think that it was the character, like, like I said, I don't think it was the character that was annoying. It was the fact that they did nothing with her character that was annoying. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I mean by no fault of her own. I right, think it's, right. it's because of the writing of her character that mm-hmm. she ended up on this list. So, uh, number two, Michael. Yep. Um, you think he, he deserves yeah. to be on this list? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, his character does have a little bit of a redemption by the end because we have not, you know, we're in season three. We have not seen the last of Michael. Yeah. Uh, he is going to return in season four. Yeah. And, you know, he does get some redemption. But I think what we've seen of his character so far, yeah, I think it's fitting. I think he deserves to be on the list. Yeah. And uh, number one better be Jack. And it's not. Jack is not on this list. No, fuck that. Obviously, because we only have one. Uh, number one on this list of the top 10 most hated characters, uh, most hated supporting. See, and I think that's the supporting. reason why Jack is, Jack is not on this list because it's supporting, uh, which means you're not going to find Jack, Locke, Saeed, or Kate on the, or, or Sawyer, Sawyer on this list um, or Ben on this list either because I think he kind of fits into major character at this point. Um, number one on this list, top 10 most hated supporting characters of the show Lost is Carl. <laughs> I could that see that. Sucks so bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I could see it. Um, he's kind of just a filler character. There's there's really no point to his character other than the kind of push the um, the Alex storyline a little bit further, which you probably could have find ways to do without Carl. Yeah, I'm surprised Juliet didn't make that list. A lot of people didn't like her. I think a lot of people didn't like her because she ended up with Sawyer. Gosh, that was just one of my favorite parts. Uh, me too. I, I, when the two of them end up together, which, spoiler alert, is next season, um, I, I think it's fantastic. I think that was such a dynamic story for both of those characters, for both Sawyer and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so agree. I, I can't wait till we start exploring that relationship. Me so. too. But we're obviously, as listeners of the podcast, we're curious your thoughts on this list as well. So definitely, uh, we'll give you the feedback at the end of the episode on how you can reach us. But definitely reach out to us and let us know uh, your thoughts. What characters belong on this list that you feel didn't make it? Which characters on this list you feel don't deserve to be on the list? Right. Uh, yes. As, as we give Do that. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> You're so nonchalant in your reactions today. <laughs> I love it. Um, also... We Before we jump into the episode as well, uh, I know it's since the last time we've podcasted, uh, The Mandalorian has come to an end, uh, at least this season, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker has uh, hit theaters, uh, which Kristen and I have both seen. We're not going to dive into them this week as much as we want to. Uh, so bad. In- Instead, we are actually because we don't. Here's the thing: we're probably going to end up spending a lot of time on it, which is why I kind of don't want to take away the focus of Lost by putting it into this episode. Mm-hmm. So, and some people might not have seen it yet. So, I want, that's Rise of Skywalker. So, but we really want to talk about it. So, we're going to do a one-off episode. We're going to we're just going to record a separate episode where we're just going to talk about Star Wars. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian. We'll talk about the Rise of Skywalker. We'll probably dive into the whole Skywalker saga a little bit. And we're um, going to have a special guest. We are. Can we say who that is now or do you want to yeah. wait? No, no, no. Yeah. Sure. Your husband Dave is going to be joining yes. us for that. Yes. Yes. Which I'm excited for because I love your husband and we haven't podcasted with him yet, so that's going to be fun. And he is the biggest Star Wars nerd on the planet. I would not be surprised um, knowing how it like knowing how it was when you and your husband stayed with me over the summer um, and how <laughs> you and your how your husband and I connected. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't get a lot of words in 
That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so just a warning, uh, listeners of that episode, don't be mad if Kristen's not talking a lot. It's just her husband and I geeking out about Star Wars. We'll That's let you talk. fine. That's fine. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'll just say, and Baby Yoda rocks. <laughs> I just got a t-shirt yesterday with Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda on it. Baby Yoda, do, no, do, no, do, no, do, Baby no. Yoda, do, 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 Baby. <laughs> That's going to be stuck in my head now. You're for... welcome for the earworm. <laughs> so, uh, so, yes. So, we're going to do a special one-off episode probably sometime within the next couple weeks. Uh, we'll get that out there. And then this way you can, if you're not a fan of Star Wars, if you don't want to hear us ramble on about it, you don't have to listen to it. Um, but if you want to hear us geek out about Star Wars, that's the way you can do it. Yay! Uh, let's jump into this episode and get this breakdown knocked out. Uh, so yeah, so episode 12 of the third season, Par Avion, which is a Claire flashback. Where um, Where do you want to start? with this discussion um burr, 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 burr. there's a lot going on in this episode there's uh i'd say there's three separate solid plot lines in this um three in this episode three mm-hmm. well including the flashback which i okay. would consider to be a separate plot line just because it reveals a lot about claire and how it could affect her on the island with the big, uh, the big reveal that her father is Christian Shepherd. What? I missed that. <laughs> no, I didn't. What? We've, <laughs> no. We've talked about that already. Like again, it's a spoiler for podcast. So yes, we've already mentioned that it's Christian Shepherd. Um, but this is the episode that it is revealed. Yes, it is. That and and we hear Christian Shepherd is talking to Anna Lucia uh, last season, saying that he was going to Australia because he had a daughter in Australia. So, you know that was already put into our heads. But I can tell you that not in one million years did I think that Christian Shepherd, uh, Christian Shepherd's daughter was Claire Littleton. Oh, never. Not in one hundred years when I. that came out. Neither did I. Um. And if you think about this, too, this is something I kind of came to a realization about as I was watching this episode, uh, you know, prepping for everything is indirectly and actually some ways very directly. Claire is the reason Jack was in Australia. Because that's that's the timeline, because Claire was Christian's daughter. Christian was in Australia because he wanted to see Claire. That's where he got drunk. That was where he died. And that was the reason Jack went to Australia. It's because of Claire. Mm-hmm. It's be- it's because of Claire that Jack ended up in Australia, and they just and yeah. they were somehow well, fated it, to end up on the same plane. It's because of it's because of Christian, but yeah, I mean Claire was the reason why that he went, but Claire was only there because Christian had another family in Australia. Well, but here's the thing, though, I, I, I still think it's because of Claire because Claire was the one driving the car. That put her mother in the coma. Christian. Yeah, but he wasn't there. That's not when. That's not Oh, no. When... He was in Australia before that as she well. She still had black hair and was working at a tattoo shop. Well, Christian had also been to. Well, but see, here's the thing, though. When Christian, when Christian is in Australia with Anna Lucia as his driver, Claire was living with her Aunt Lindsay which, because her mom was in the coma. So that was the reason. So when we get that scene with Christian standing out in the rain, talking to Lindsay, like, and Lindsay telling him, you shouldn't be here. She doesn't want to see you and stuff like that. 
that was right before they got on the plane. At least that's my take on it. Right, but that <clears throat> right, right, but that wasn't, but that wasn't, um, that wasn't the first time no, that no. they had met. They had met years yeah, before exactly. that. Exactly, but okay, so maybe indirectly. Well, that's what I meant by like indirectly. Like how long? How long? How long are we supposed to think that her mother has been in a coma? Well, I mean, had, you know, she's <clears throat> clearly grown up. She's gotten pregnant. She's had to be over a year. Changed her I hair would, color. I would think it'd be at yeah. least a year she was in that coma. Right. So, uh, yeah. At a minimum. I know while we're on the topic of the flashback, I did notice something else. Um, other than the fact that this is another episode that starts with a close-up of an eye, which we've kind of lost tally as to how many times that happened so far. Uh does it have to do with the no, tattoo parlor? Oh, if you notice something oh, okay. about the tattoo parlor, please indulge at what next when I when I get done with this because um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you happen to notice the odometer? The odometer, no. the mileage, was one hundred and eight kilometers at the time of the accident, which kind of Very leads into you know we we kind of dove into this whole theory that Jacob. Uh, or whoever it was that was bringing them all to the island had an influence in all of it. Could this possibly have been Jacob's influence? Oh, you know what? That's interesting because I think that that's probably true because without Christian going out there, without her mom going into the coma, without her having to turn her life around because because she felt the guilt of, of possibly killing her mother. Um, yeah. And who was the driver of the truck? Oh, was... um. Wait, who was the driver of the truck? Exactly. Do, do we find out? Oh, that's no. okay. So you're saying that could have been Jacob. Because we Maybe. do know that Jacob, or, well, we haven't. Or it could have we, been We ben. haven't discovered it yet, but we do know that Jacob has had an influence with all of these people off the island. I mean, again, this is diving into spo spoiler territory, but Jacob was the one that gave Sawyer the pen to write the letter to to. Uh, to was the one that gave James the pen to write the letter to Sawyer. Um, we yep. find out that Jacob visited Locke when he was a kid. Jacob has had an... I would not be surprised. That's actually pretty brilliant to find out that Jacob was the one driving the truck. Yeah, if... I mean, you know, I think that it's left to our imagination or it's left to our own um, interpretation. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that was left open for a reason, especially with the numbers in the background and, and everything. I mean, everybody has had a way, a very strange, very deliberate way of getting on that plane. And this could be the beginning of Claire yeah. getting on that plane. I like that. I, I like that theory. Right? I actually so. really like that theory that Jacob was the one driving the truck. Cool. Um, so the tattoo parlor, did you notice what um, – it sounded to me like Drive Shaft was no, playing in the background. No, I didn't pick up on that. Now I want to go back and watch. It wasn't you all, everybody, but it was – it just sounded like the band. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. I mean, because they were an Australian band. So I, I, I think there's a very – good possibility well i think oh, they were right. a they british, were british band, band. but but uh her, the brother did move to australia which is why charlie was in australia say that again 
The brother yes. was in Australia. Yes. Uh, Charlie's yeah. brother. Yeah. But how Liam? Yeah. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised um, if Drive Shaft. I'm going to have to go back and watch now because I th- I think there's a good possibility that could be the case. So mm-hmm. damn it! Now I got to watch the episode again. It is a good. It's a good episode. Um. All right. So I'm looking at my notes here. And I'm trying to think if, if while we're on the while we're on the uh, the topic of the the flashback, if I have anything else that I really want to talk about, um, I do have one note that kind of. Uh, before I get into it, though, do you have anything else on the flashback? Um. No, I mean, I really liked what Christian said to her at the end about. Um, hope versus guilt and about how to, you know, know the difference and, and realize what your intentions are and, and what you're doing. Um, if you're doing it because you're hopeful or because you feel guilty. Um, you know, I think that, I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with when they have a family member on life support too, is, you know, the, you know, do you end life support at the hospital? And if you do, you know, you're ending hope but then you're also kind of replacing it with guilt on whether or not that was the right decision. And and that sticks with you for the rest of yeah. your life, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny too, that you bring up the life support because that actually is the final note I have on the, uh, on the flashback. Oh, cool. Um, there is, we tend to run into these whole themes that kind of pertain to every episode t- seems to kind of take a theme and it kind of st- seems to stretch throughout the entire episode. And I actually think the theme of life support is actually an ongoing theme in this because we do have obviously the obvious life support in which um, Claire's mother, Carol is on in the flashback. But if you think about it, Desmond is Charlie's life support right now. Yes. Because he is doing everything he can. Like the whole doing everything to prevent Charlie's death is still ongoing. Like, because that's another big part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Is is Desmond is trying to he's still trying to save Charlie's life, and I don't know if it's just me, I don't know if you do it too, or if any of the listeners still do it too. But in the previously on, uh, anytime I hear Desmond say those words, no matter what I try and do, die, Charlie. you're gonna die, Charlie. I say it with him every time. Everybody, I think everybody. Does it's that. one of the most quotable <laughs> lines of the series. No matter what I try and do. You're going to die, Charlie. Like, I do it every time. But yeah, life support is a big theme because Desmond is Charlie's life support. He has been since he started having these flashes and he continues to be up until the end of this season. I was really glad that um, Desmond finally told Claire. Yes. Yeah. That's, um, that's another note I have as well is him kind of, well, because like there's been so many fractures of Charlie and Claire's relationship. Like every time they seem to get close, something kind of happens to kind of break them a little bit and, and kind of fracture that. So for Desmond to step up and be like, this is what's going on. I think that's a huge step for, um, for Desmond to do, to be able to do that with Claire, but also I think that's the last fracture we ever see in Claire and Charlie for the rest of the season because now they're on the same page. Yeah. And I think that they can be honest with each other and they don't have to dance around unspoken words and, 
you know, that I think that that ends up being a real gift for both of them uh, in the coming episodes with how it ends. Well, it's also, I think, what makes I think this is the one point that kind of sets in stone and makes what happens at the end of the season so much more heartbreaking. Because if if chair if chair if Claire and Charlie, <laughs> that's a that's a ship term that we're not going to go in. You messed it I up. No, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, if if Charlie and Claire had still kind of been a fractured friendship or fractured relationship, what happens to Charlie at the end might not have been as heartbreaking. Um, but because by the end of this season, we have a actual really strong connection between Claire and Charlie built up at this point, not to mention the friendship that Charlie and Hurley have begun to build at this point. That's what makes it so much more heartbreaking what happens to Charlie at the end of the season. Oh, it sucks so bad we didn't get to see Hurley this episode. I know. Not even a so, glimpse. Well, he's busy driving. He's busy driving the van. <laughs> you think they got he's that thing joyriding. going again? Never know. <laughs> Never like, Let's know. go back down the hill, y'all. Although that was two episodes ago, so, you know. Um, so what do you have? Yeah, so uh, let's see. What else do I have? I'm trying to see before we jump into the other, the other main story. Let's see. We got Claire's flashback, so I can cross that off my list. Um, Desmond and Claire, we kind of talked a little bit about that. We got confirmation on Christian being Claire's father and the life support. I really don't have anything else uh, unless we're diving into the other A story. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else on the Desmond, Claire, Charlie aspect of everything? Um, no. I did like the letter that uh, Claire wrote for the, I did. for the seagull. I did too, um, and I actually have copy of it. If you want me, oh, to oh, good, read it. read it. Yeah, please um, do. Actually, it's it's actually the clip that you heard in the beginning of the podcast too. So, but uh, I'll read it again uh, because it's actually very fitting, and it actually gives us confirmation that they've been on the island for eighty days at this point. So uh, it says, to whom it may concern, we are survivors of Oceanic Flight 815. We have survived on this island for 80 days. We were six hours into the flight when the pilot said we were off course and turned back towards Fiji. We hit turbulence and crashed. We've been waiting here all this time, waiting for rescue that has not come. We do not know where we are. We only know you have not found us. We've done our best to live on this island. Some of us have come to accept we may never leave it. Not all of us have survived since the crash, but there is new life too. And with it, there is hope. We are alive. Please don't give up on us. So it's, it's, it's a very touching letter that, you well, know, and that, God. sorry, that, that goes directly to Claire's flashback as well. Cause she never gave up hope that her mom might wake up. True. You know, she never, she, she knew that, you know, that she could endure it if her mother could endure it. Right. It's like, uh, and, and she's trying to tell people, you know, we know that you haven't found us yet, but we're not going to give up hope that you're going to find us. So we don't want you to give up hope that you're not going to find us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, I see that. And it also kind of ties in a little bit more to her flashback as well, because she tells Charlie when she sees those seagulls and she realizes this is a way we can get off this Island by sending this message. You know, she mentions to Charlie and to son and Jin, uh, that it's um, 
you know, she, she watched it on a nature show that these, these things are tagged. Uh, and then that's actually what we see towards the end when she goes back, when she's pregnant with Aaron, she goes to visit her, her mom and she says like, you know, who turned off your TV? We know how much you love your nature shows. So she watched these nature shows while she was visiting her mom. Yeah. In the hospital. Um, one other note I just thought of, I do have uh, about the whole chair, chair, Jesus Christ. Um, the whole Charlie and Claire aspect of this episode is holy shit. <clears throat> the look that son gives Sawyer when he's about to call uh, Claire Barbie. That was amazing. <laughs> is that she gives him that look as in don't you dare. <laughs> because he's still under that whole you're not allowed to use nicknames rule. Was it point. for a week or a month? I think it was. Oh, crap. I don't remember. I want to say a week. Because even that is still a long time for Sawyer. For Sawyer, yes, absolutely. So I want to I want to say it's a week. <clears throat> um, I could be wrong. So on on. Uh, who's it? Sawyer, thank Sawyer. you. Jeez, something is <laughs> we're wrong all with rolling me. over the place. I know. Oh, well, I'm I swear. I, I keep calling. I keep calling Charlie and Claire chair. That's cute. <laughs> it's a it's ship a name. Ship name. <laughs> yep. Um. So uh, Sawyer was reading the Fountainhead, and yeah. so I'm so glad that they had a little note about it because I wanted to look it up, but I didn't have time. So I went over to fandom like I always do, and I said they have to have a note about what he was reading because none none of it's ever not on purpose. And uh, the title is a reference to Rand's statement that ma man's ego is the fountainhead of human progress. A character in the book is a con man who is in love with a woman called Katie. Yep. I read that too, and I thought that was awesome. Mm -hmm. So I knew that there was a reason why he was reading the fountainhead. So um, an interesting note too, um, I'm actually just reading this now as I'm, as I'm on the page, is... Uh, this is, I, I can't believe this, but I guess that's the case, especially considering what we said, she kind of disappears for a while. Um, this is the last Claire-centric episode of the series. So I think this is the last flashback we get of Claire. Well, that's sad. Yeah. So, you know, she's only had, I think, like two before this. So in an in entire six seasons of this series, she only gets three episodes. No, she has another one. She, she has does? to have another one. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. I don't know why. I'm just I'm just reading what's on the the wiki. It says that this is the uh, this is the third Claire centric episode, and this is the last solely Claire centric episode of the series. Well, that makes me sad. It does. It really does. Um, so let's jump into the other a story then. Um. Of, of this episode, and that's obviously Kate, Saeed, Sawyer, and Mikhail. Um, <laughs> heading towards uh, Othersville. Othersville. I like it. It has um, a nice ring to it. It's like and Rueville. Ru and Rousseau as well uh, with that group. So there are, I, I do have a couple notes with this. And um, it's really all I have left. I, I kind of have like uh, two, two main notes when it comes to this story. And... One of them involves Mikhail. The other one involves John Locke. So I'm going to do one of them, and then I'll turn it over to you. 
and then I'll do my last one because I'm kind of saving my my big one for last. Um, okay. And it has to do with the pylons. Uh, and John pushing Michael, Mikael into the pylons. Uh, first off, this is the first time we're getting to see these pylons, and these pylons come into play a little bit later on as well. Uh, but they do turn out to be some kind of sonic weapon that kind of causes your brain to hemorrhage when uh, when you pass through them. So, And they are completely surrounding other There's no way past them other than to turn them off. Or, as Kate discovers, climb over them. But I started to realize something. There's a conversation that Michael has with the group with how he knew about all of them. He, you know, from the radio contact, he knew about Saeed. He knows about Kate. He knows about um, uh, John Locke. And he knows that John used to be paralyzed. But it made me realize at this point there are still people on this island, including the people within the within the Losties, that don't know that John was paralyzed at one point. This is a secret that he keeps for a long time, I think, from almost everybody. And you kind of tend to forget that after a while, that this is a secret he's still keeping. Because I think Boone might Does be Does Jack know? I don't even think Jack knows at this point. I think the only people that know are Rose and Boone, and Boone is gone. I think they're the only two people still at this point who know that at one point John Locke was paralyzed. Other than, obviously, Michael and Ben know at this point, too. But I think everybody else, nobody knows yet at this point that John was at Hmm. one point paralyzed. That's crazy. I bet you he told Walt... I yeah, I can kind of see that as well. But you know, it's even Michael kind of keeps it a secret. Like he even says to John, like before you were pat and then he stops talking. He was going to say it, but doesn't. Like he still keeps it a revelation between him and John. Um, which so we, we kind of fast forward again to that moment where John pushes Mikel into into the pylons and we see him. He turns around, he says, thank you. And then his mouth starts to foam up. Blood starts spurting from his ears and he falls over, presumably dead. And there are two very interesting notes I have about that moment. And uh, so, like I said, I'll go with the first one first. And that's Michael. This is the Michael side of it. It made me realize that when it comes to the others, because he even says, when, when Kate says to Michael, you know, Ben is not that, you know, our leader is a great man. And she mentions Ben. He's like, Ben is not. And then he stops. There are two different types of others. And you can tell me whether or not you agree with me on this. There are two different types of others. There are followers who kind of side with Ben and kind of follow Ben because they take him as their ipso facto leader. And then there are zealots, which... Michael would fall into because they follow Jacob. Uh, Clue would Miss Clue would fall into because she followed Jacob. These are the people that are willing to die for the cause because Clue was willing to be shot by Michael. She was willing to die. Michael was willing to die. The followers, Ben's followers, are simply workers. They're there to follow his leadership. They do what he says. And they question anything that's kind of out of the ordinary. The zealots, like Michael and Clue, they don't, it doesn't matter. If it's for Jacob's cause, they are willing to die for it. 
And that's what, like I said, that's kind of what leads me to believe there are two different types of others. I don't know your thoughts on this. I think that that I think that you have something there. I think you absolutely have something there. I mean, you can even say that, you know, they are uh, people that uh, prove themselves by works and prove themselves by faith. Yeah. Right. The faith that the people that are believing in Jacob, even though they have to go largely on faith that, you know, this is what um, this is what they're supposed to be doing. This is their cause. You know, the followers that are doing it by works, they want to prove themselves by doing the good deeds to get them in good with Ben, um, you know, so that they don't get into trouble or whatever, you know. The the zealots, as you said, they could they could probably not care if they get into trouble with Ben because ultimately Ben is not who they're following. They're following Jacob, but they let Ben have his little moments, right? I don't know. Um, you know the 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 fact that Mikel calls him a magnificent man, Jacob, a magnificent man. Um, you can tell that he really believes what he's saying. And it's funny because he says it with this total faith and resolve about about Jacob. But then, you know, the way that we have heard uh, Ben talk about Jacob so far is almost with fear. Um, you know, Ben, I think, is somebody that likes power and Jacob is more powerful than him. And I don't think that. Ben wants to lose that power that he has. I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting dynamic. I, I do agree with you, though, about two different kinds of um, others. Well, I mean, and, you know, and on the topic of Ben as well, like Ben has, like you said, Ben has gotten a taste of that power and he doesn't want to lose that. But I think there's also an element to Ben in that he, uh, we do, we, we don't know this yet at this point. We don't find this out until next season that Ben has actually never met Jacob. He only follows his leadership. Mm -hmm. And I think there's kind of a, a, a click in Ben's mind that, you know, I'm following Jacob. I'm following his his leadership and I'm following what he wants. Um, but I've never met this man and I think I can probably do this better. And that's why Ben kind of does his own thing sometimes as well. He, he's doing things the way he believes Jacob would agree they need to be done, but he's going to do them in his own way because he thinks this is the way it should work. Well, and isn't that just such a metaphor for, you know, religious faith anyways? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I I believe in in God. I believe in what I am, um, what, what my purpose is and what God's purpose is, and I should follow God, but I'm going to do it the way that I think I should do it. Well, not and I'm going, it's like, it's this, it's this need to exert control um, over something that you really ultimately have no control over. Well, I mean, and it's very easy to say too. And again, this is kind of diving into like the religious comparison as well. You know, there are people out there that like, I'm going to do this because this is what I believe God would want. And that's kind of the way that Ben is living as well, especially somebody he's never met before is that he's saying, Yes, I know what Jacob needs, but this is what I believe Jacob would want. And that's kind of what he's going by. Otherwise, you know, and then on the other hand, you have people like Michael and Clue who are kind of like, 
I don't think this is what Jacob wants. This is what I know Jacob wants. So this is, I'm willing to die for this. So there's definitely differences uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to these. And we're going to absolutely get more of that as we progress but, further. But ultimately, ultimately, both of these side, both sides of these, um, of these others, you know, they're still, they're still trying to control their situation. One, you know, they're still trying to um, exhibit that they know best. And to me, that is always the downfall of any um, faith believer is when they think that they have control over any of it. And you can see that Ben Ben's decision-making progress becomes corrupt and flawed. And these people that are dying for a cause that really I don't think that they ultimately know much about anyways uh, ends up becoming a lot of their downfalls. So so it's, it, it's an interesting dynamic for sure that could probably be discussed uh, very uh, with more depth and at length. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about you? What's something else that you wanted to talk about? So I made a list of um, a lot of elements of foreshadowing. Ooh. Okay. In this I, I, I kind of hope you don't steal mine. Cause that was my other point with uh, John pushing my Well, I'm not stealing no, you're not. anything. It, it would be your own. <laughs> but, but if you, if you touch on it, I'll just jump in, but go ahead. Well, then you can start off with it because it is on my list. Okay. So, well, this will be my final note then, and then I'll just let you kind of wrap things up um, with the episode. Is that, yes, absolutely. John pushing Michael into the pylons is absolutely foreshadowing. And it's foreshadowing of something that happens next episode in The Man from Tallahassee. In the very next episode. Which is, we find out next episode, this is, again, spoiler territory, we're finding out finally next week, or next episode, how John becomes paralyzed. And it's because of his father pushing him out a window. And we're kind of, it's a very, very interesting dynamic because John has been a character who has said he's not going to live the way his father lived. He doesn't want to be his father. But in that moment, when he pushes Michael through those pylons, he does it, one, because he's testing those pylons. But two, he knows in that in that moment when Michael says, I knew you before you were Pat, he, John knows, he knows my secret. So sacrificing Michael through those pylons is a way to keep that secret. That is a huge step in seeing because in in seeing the short fuse that it takes in order to cover something up. And that is exactly how John's father was too. He knew that the only way to stop John from going after him was to push him out that window in an attempt to kill him. Well, and it shows that, you know, John John's anger problem is still a problem. It still pops up because there were a lot of different ways that John could have handled that. And he chose to let his anger uh, and his fear take over him. Yeah. Yeah. Which so proves it's, it's, that it, ultimately he wasn't the right choice for being uh, Hurley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For taking over the island mm-hmm. in the end. I mean, I think yeah, that probably I, decided it right there. <laughs> I, I think him, yeah, him pushing Michael into the pylons is absolutely foreshadowing for uh, Man from Tallahassee next episode, which is a fantastic episode. And I can't wait till we talk about that. Yeah. 
So, so I, th- that's all I have. So I'll turn it over to you now for the rest of the topic. No, no problem. It's just it's just a quick little list of foreshadowing. So Mikkel okay. uh, mentions that the underwater beacon has not worked, which is why ships and submarines can't go in and out, and they've lost lost contact with um with the mainland, which is a direct foreshadowing of Charlie's death. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that episode. <laughs> um, Mikkel <laughs> mentions the magnificent man that he follows, which is foreshadowing to um, the revelation and ultimate um, appearance of Jacob. Rousseau talks to Kate about Jack not remembering her um, and how it would feel to her, which is foreshadowing to kind of a uh, flash sideways of um, Kate dying and Jack not having any recollection of her, which was a sideways. It was? Yep. I don't remember that. Um, Mikkel is actually seen breathing. Um, yes. And it is revealed that he did not die at all. So that's, The man who can't be killed, as I called him last yep, time. Yeah, that's foreshadowing that that name actually means something. <laughs> um, ba 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 and I think that's it. Here's an interesting thought. And this kind of dives in again into the, the whole followers versus zealots thing. There are two very obvious times when, I mean, the pylon should have absolutely killed Michael. Like, you know, he is basically, he had blood splurting from his ears, blood gushing out of his nose. He's foaming at the mouth. He should have been dead. But yet we see him again completely fine. Is this another one of those instances where Jacob, who obviously has this kind of otherworldly power, you know, and the island does as well, could this be one of those instances where, you know, they simply said, Jacob simply said, no, your time is not yet done. I still need you. And Michael's brought back. Yeah, I mean, that you could probably make that argument for a lot of the characters that have died, right? I mean, I think that Boone got locked to a certain point. I think that Shannon got Saeed to a certain point. Um, You know, Libby, Libby got Hurley to a certain point. I mean, Charlie got everybody to a certain point. I mean, Um, it it could be said too that, you know, well then if that's the case was Michael's purpose to kill Charlie, um, it could be that, or it could be the fact that he blew himself up with a grenade and there's really no coming back from that in a pretty way. You know, Jacob could have been like, well, I, I can't bring you back from that. So I yeah, guess that's like know, a, we're, we're shit out of luck at this point. Nothing that's believable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jacob's um, like, I mean, yeah, everybody saw blood spurting out from your ears and you were foaming at your mouth, but I, I, I can work with that. <laughs> your body's still in one piece, so I can bring you back. Right. Um, you know, so who knows? Um, I well, mean, a same couple with, notes. I mean, a, a, same with Echo, right? I mean, Echo, by all counts, should have died with a, a, at the hatch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he still had, he still had stuff to do, so. Well, same with Desmond. Desmond could have very easily died with the hatch. I love Desmond. Well. I know. <laughs> I know you do. Um the only other quick things I can make mention of before we wrap up the discussion is uh, obviously we saw Locke steal C4. He had C4 on him the whole time, so he actually didn't know there was C4 in the basement. Um, and if you look at the map that Saeed has, when we finally get a good look out of it, 
look at it, we find out that there are in fact subterranean tunnels underneath Othersville, which I yeah. think do get explored at one point. Um, can we talk about the fact that Locke is big fat liar these days? Well, Locke has his own agenda at this point. He just wants to get back to Ben. Like he's doing whatever it takes to get back to Ben. That's I'm just my saying opinion. He's big fat liar these days. Like doesn't want anybody in his pack. He's stealing C4 and saying that he doesn't know about it. He doesn't want anybody to know that he's paralyzed to the point that he's killing people over it. I mean, he he's just like, you know, he's not this happy-go-lucky leader lock anymore. He's <laughs> Well, because he's making discoveries along the way that other people aren't really aware of. Like when he looked, he saw the computer, you know, when he played the game of chess and he saw that menu, he, you know, he was the one that discovered that. He was the one that discovered the Pearl Station. So, I mean, he's finding things out. His path is kind of a little different because he's getting revelations that other people are not. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, I can kind of see how that could drive you to do things a different way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's a man at this point who just wants answers. So he's willing to kind of do whatever it takes to get them at this point. Whereas everybody else who's along that for that ride, you know, in Kate and Saeed and Rousseau, their basic their basic goal right now is just to rescue Jack. Mm-hmm. Which, who is just fine, by the way. I know, which I was just going to say leads us to that final moment of the episode. It is a scene I've mentioned time and time again that just sticks in my head. Of when they finally approach Othersville and they see Jack making a beeline for the trees and you first get that assumption that he's Jack's making a break for it. He sees them. He's coming to get them. He's coming to escape. No, he's not. He's playing football with Mr. Friendly, which Who I think is, is adorable. Such, <laughs> I think that whole scene itself is adorable and I think is such an interesting twist on this whole story because that with the episode ending there. It leaves you with, holy shit, does Jack, did Jack conform? Is he now another? Right. You know, which is so much fun to dive into now because from this point on, with the exception of Expose, which, God, can we just skip that episode? No. Um, No, Gemma likes it. I know we can't. We got to talk about it just for Gemma alone. Um, You know, we're at the point now where things... These two worlds are about to converge. You know, as of this point, we've we've seen Othersville and we've seen the, the survivors it exist as two separate entities that occasionally crossed over. They are now about to converge. And that's going to be fun. Yep. It, from this point on, it's going to get interesting. It's going to be Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <laughs> Which I'm so sad doesn't exist anymore at Disney. I know. It is a bummer. So, but Galaxy's Edge exists, exists now. So there's that. Uh, we'll yes. talk about that in the Star Wars episode. <laughs> so that's all I have for the episode, unless you have anything else. Nope. I'm good. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so we can approach the rest of this episode in one of two different ways. We can either dive into lost feedback and then talk about Manifest, in which we actually do have a voicemail from our buddy Steve about manifest feedback, or we can talk about manifest now and then just do all the feedback at one time. Let's well, let's just talk about manifest for a few minutes. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, and I think that's all it's really going to take. Uh, so the return of the Manifest Minutes in that Season 2 of Manifest did just come back this past week, uh, the Season 2 premiere, and it kind of takes off... Well, it's it jumps in right where Season 2 left off in the shot that was fired, and then it jumps three months into the future mm-hmm. uh, and continues on with the story. So Two months. I, is it two? I thought it was three. It doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't it, matter. That's it's, just being pedantic. It's a couple months into the future. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start the conversation with this. What was your opinion of the premiere? Without diving into anything major, because um, there were a couple predictions that were made last season that uh, played out in one way or another in, in this episode, as it usually does when you're left in a cliffhanger from one season into another. But uh, overall, the episode, were you pleased with the premiere? How did How did you feel about it? I loved it. I thought it was great. I was glad that um, Manifest was back. Um, I was glad to see that um, that Ben and Ben's wife, who I can't remember her name all of a sudden. Oh, my um, gosh. I know. <laughs> I'm the same way. Because uh, I'm – it's uh, a – is it um, Olive? No, that's the daughter. Grace. Grace. Yes. Ben and Grace. I, I was glad to see that they were on the same page and that their communication was open and that they were getting closer and uh, that they were dealing with the reality of what the paternity of the baby might be. Um, I was. Um, well, uh, I hate Jared. Well, ben, <laughs> let's just be clear about that. Ben and Grace are not dealing with the, the paternity of the baby. That's simply Grace because she hasn't told Ben. That it could be. Yeah, she did. Did did she tell Ben that it was that at the end of the episode? I must have missed it. That was. That's how they started from the very beginning. That's how that's how they left season one. They left season one with she goes. I think I'm six weeks pregnant, and he goes. Oh my gosh, it maybe isn't mine. Oh, and that's then right. in the beginning. It's Jared. She doesn't tell. No, no, no. Uh, Danny. Danny. Where did I get Jared? Jared is Jared uh, is Michaela's yes is Michaela's old boyfriend who sucks. It's gonna take me it's it's gonna take me some time to re familiarize myself with the characters. That's okay. So that's right. It's Danny that she doesn't tell. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, which is fine. I think that until there's um until that they they have a hundred percent answer. I don't think that it it's extra drama in a very, you know, dramatic life that they have already with, you know, the aftermath of the crash and the callings and everything like that. I think that they're making sensible decisions right now, which is nice because we don't need added melodrama to an already, uh, uh, drama show. Okay. Um, I'm kind of with you a little bit on some of that. I didn't, I wasn't overly thrilled. I didn't hate the premiere. I wasn't overly thrilled by it. Um, the main reason of it was because when you, when you have a show like this that explores something, uh, you know, a mystery like this, and then I kind of expect there to be new elements introduced into a second season which there's still plenty of time for that to happen but i was kind of hoping for some of that and we did finally get a little bit of that at the end in um the other couple that we meet in finding yeah, out yeah i loved that i did really enjoy that because and that was one of the things that i kind of saw i saw it coming a little bit because when you get that scene where they discover that they're at that 
they're at that point with GW Bridge and they're ready to drive off. When you get that overhead shot and you see that that guardrail is already broken, but they haven't drove it, driven through it yet, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I'm like, uh, maybe there's already somebody down there. Because why would oh, that- I didn't notice that. Yeah, that guardrail is already broken. And that was when I was kind of like, maybe there's somebody already down there and that's what they were, that's what was leading them there. And that actually is what played out was that there actually was a car that had already driven through the guardrail and was stuck down there with a family in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was a very interesting dynamic the way all of that played out. And now we have this added, added element to the series where it's not just Ben, Michaela and Cal having these premonitions. The other survivors are starting to have them now too. Which I think is great. I think that's great because I having it all fall on Michaela was getting old. And um, I, I really, really enjoy the fact that it's going to be they're going to bring in more of these passengers. They're going to bring in more of the characters like when Ben showed up to uh, that other passenger's door and he arrived like with a shotgun and, and he was, you know, like, get away, get off my property. And Ben's like, hey, man you know, are you hearing voices? And then all of a sudden there was like this this uh, camaraderie, right? There, there was all of a sudden like a connection. And I thought that was really great. So it's nice to see that, you know, it, it'd be nice. To, I, I can't wait to see how this is eventually going to progress. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think it adds a nice interesting element too, because when you have the whole part of the series with, now we have this new part with the Save the Passengers, I think that's kind of like, okay, uh, the message to Michaela in that you've dealt with these premonitions, you've accepted them, you know what they are, but these other passengers are not going to be, this is not going to be as easy for them. You need to help them deal with this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the save the passengers is, because that's exactly what we saw play out with this couple. This couple didn't know how to interpret these predictions and were ready to kill themselves. You know, because well, because they don't have a cow. True, exactly. Um, which leads me to another interesting development. Okay, maybe I was more excited for the premiere than I thought I was. Now that I'm ta- <laughs> now that we're actually talking about it, um, good. You know, there's a new, uh, there's another new development that is coming into play here, in and that's the touch element, because now there's starting to be newer premonitions when she touches other people from who are, who were passengers. She had, yeah. you know, she, she starts to shake. She saw the turbulence of everything when she touches Cal. Um, and now Zeke is becoming a part of this as well because he wasn't even on the plane, but was still affected by this phenomenon that affected them when it was, it wasn't until she touched Zeke that she saw the car and the GW bridge. And then when she touches Cal at the end, Zeke is on the plane, which he was never on that plane. So there's now new things coming into this with the elements of touch, with physical touch, that I really Or want was to... Zeke on the plane? You think there's a possibility whatever phenomenon affected him transported him to the plane? Maybe. We don't know. I mean, they were gone for five and a half years, and he was, you know, gone for how long, did they say? I think his was being... only a couple months. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it would be an interesting development to see kind of how that progresses. Um, that, that was the one. There was one thing that really annoyed me with this episode, and it was 
the fact that Zeke is a fugitive right now because there's no reason at all why he should be in jail, why he should have been on the run. It's it's very small of Jared to 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 play this out the way that he is which he has not been a small character. He has not been a petty man this entire time. He's always tried to do the right thing by his wife and by Michaela. And now all of a sudden he's playing this very petty, very prideful, uh, married man. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's bugging me. And, you know, Michaela coming into this new chief and saying, listen, you know, this isn't how it went down. And the new chief, who I guess they've just decided we're going to have, you know, a chief that is a ball buster, whatever, you know, just shut her down the way that she did. None of it makes sense. It seems that it's all really contrived and forced. And I just I, I need it to end. Well, I wonder if they're going to kind of write off the whole um, Lourdes relationship, uh, you know, between Jared and Lourdes, because. She's not confirmed to be in this season. I wonder if they're just going to kind of like write it off as in Jared left her, you know, with everything going on with Michaela and we're not going to see her again. Which which makes him an even worse character then. Well, and it villainizes him when he wasn't a villain in the first season. And that's annoying. But maybe that's what they're going to do with him this season. Maybe they're, they're meant to turn him into an antagonist to everything that's going on with them. Yeah, you know, it look, I I have an open mind and I like I said earlier, I'm really excited to see where the season goes, but it it was my one sticking point that I just sat there. I was like, "Come on. We went through this last season with Grace and Danny and Ben and it was annoying for an entire season." Yeah. So it's like there's just like an, I I don't like triangles. I hate love triangles. I think that they're overdone. I think they're overused and they they annoy me. And now it looks like they're going to have it with the doctor too, which is even worse and stupid. Well, I mean, you kind of touched base on that last season too, that you could see something potentially happening between Ben and Sanvi. But, and now like we're getting that revelation that yes, she does in fact have feelings for Ben, but she can't do anything because he's married. And I'm wondering what they're going to do with Sanvi because it felt like they were almost a little lost with her character uh, to start this season. Mm. Um, you know, with her in the therapy and then not opening up. And I think, remind me, is that therapist somebody we've met already? She's uh, the leader of whatever that's, the government forces. That's what I thought. I, I couldn't remember if that was the case. For what's happening, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like I felt like they were a little lost with her character. Like they wanted to bring her in to make her, to remind people that she's a part of this story, but they didn't know exactly what to do with her yet. And I'm kind of hoping that clears up a little bit more as we progress forward. I think for right now, she's going to be used as kind of an information outlet for that I woman. I can see that. Um, you know, and it's going to probably piss us off and we're probably going <laughs> to yell about it in the coming weeks. <laughs> that is probably I also accurate. The, mm-hmm, I loved the end of this Whole. episode because I never believed he was dead. I we we yep. both did. We both said no way is it he happened dead. off screen, and so it didn't happen. Confirmed, yeah, and to have that confirmed was well. Awesome. Here's the thing, too. <laughs> oftentimes, this is a, a big trope when it comes to television. Oftentimes, almost every time, when you see a previously on, everything that is in that previously on has something to do with that episode. And in the previously right. on manifest with the opening of this season, you see the explosion that killed Deputy Vance. Um, 
Uh, is it Vance or Lance? Um, Vance. Deputy Vance. Okay, so I was right. Um, you see uh, director Vance. Uh, well, now he's just Vance because he's not director anymore. Um, you see the explosion that killed Vance. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, are we going to, like, are we finally going to get it revealed that he's not dead? And then at the end, he's revealed to be alive, which I was totally happy with because you and I both predicted he was not dead. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I was out of the room for previously on. I think I like went to go like grab some water or something like that. Cause I was like, I don't need a previously on. I've seen this. And that's show. the thing. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, I understand why television shows do that, but oftentimes that can spoil the episode. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, when you, when I you agree. see that. Well, it would be so nice if, if TV shows would just like throw in extra stuff to like make us think that something <laughs> was going to happen, and then nothing happened. Yeah, and then they're like, "Wait, why did we see that? Why, why, why did we need that memory uh, to fuck with your brain?" Exactly. <laughs> uh, I I like how they kind of the whole jumping forward ahead a little bit. I think was done. Um, one, because they didn't want to have to deal with Michaela being injured that entire time. And she still is injured because we see her walking around. She's holding on to that. She's got her hand over that spot where she was shot. Cal even tells Zeke at one point it still hurts. Um, but I think it was done for twofold. I think it was one done to kind of fast forward through the healing process. And two, um, you obviously had to deal with uh, Jake Messina growing slightly older because he definitely looks older than he did as Cal. In season one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, they told. I mean, the, fi- finally a show <laughs> <laughs> decided to deal with an aging yes. child <laughs> by by not just let's write them off. Let's make them the most important character of the show and then yeah. write them off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was that was obviously one of the reasons why they did the kind of time jump a little bit as well. They didn't go super far ahead, like they didn't go like a year or two ahead. They just went simply two or three mm-hmm. months, which I think was all you needed and it made it very more easy to ex- I would have actually accepted Cal the way he was even if it was because I'm realistic and I realize yes, the actor got older. So, you know, that's the way it's going to happen. It was like Carl on on yeah. Walking Dead. Like None of us questioned it. We're like, okay, fine, whatever. He's yeah. still Carl. Like, we still like him. It's well, fine. But also, the difference between Manifest and Walking Dead is Walking Dead has also, has always kind of been a little vague with their timeline. Um, in that mm-hmm. Manifest, we know for sure. Because this show is, it doesn't matter how many seasons it runs, this show is dealing with a five-year time frame. Um, actually 10 mm-hmm. years, if you think about it, because b- the point from before they took, when they got on the flight, fast forward to five years when they're done. And now they're only finding out that they're, they have an expiration date for 2024. That is crazy town, by the it, way. I, I makes, love this wrench and I'm hoping that they figure out how to fix it. I, it makes me kind of really hope that the series runs for five seasons. And because what and the and the finale is they all die like they all just crumble and light on fire in the middle of the street. Well, like no. they, <laughs> <laughs> I don't because mean, the guy that died, the guy that died, uh, he drowned. From, yeah, and he had all this water come out of him. So how how do you expect somebody from a plane crash to just spontaneously die like on that day? It they sounds just horrifying they just instantly crush onto the ground that is like like, like a soda can yeah exactly (laughs) 
That's horrible. It's uh, it's horrifying. But it makes me but it makes me hope that maybe in like a series finale, like they're doing all these things to prevent what they fear is going to happen. And they don't know whether or not they accomplish their goal. So by the end of this series, you actually see them all together, huddled together, like to be with themselves just in case something horrible happens. And then it's revealed that something that they did prevented it. And then they all go their separate ways. But to be honest, they've got to figure this out like really quickly because Zeke has a definite, uh, expiration date oh well they all have a definite expiration but his is coming up he has like a this season expiration date yeah well because his was only for a couple like a couple weeks to a couple months so was it a couple months or was it a year maybe it was like a year it might have been a year so they still have anybody knows can you let us know um if anybody knows i can i can look it up as we're talking um but yeah, it's he does he does definitely have a, a a more shortened time frame than anybody else. Uh let's see. He was hit in a cave, he barely survives, uh, to burn a magazine at some point. He travels one year into the future. So it's a year. Okay. So, so yes. that could be the end of this season. It could be is dealing with with Zeke and what goes on, you know, what he has to go through. I mean, granted, his is going to be if he does indeed die, um, he his is going to be a little less brutal. He's basically going to freeze. Um, he's not going to drown the way that that other guy did. So he's probably just going to turn very, very cold and have hypothermia in the middle of wherever he is. Freeze I, in his jail cell. Well, that's the thing. If I had to make a prediction, I think it's going to happen. I think Zeke is going to die. I don't. That think makes me really sad. I don't think they're going to figure out everything that soon. I think it's going to take some more time before they figure out what is going on. And I I'm think I holding think on to hope that they keep Jared alive or uh, Zeke alive. I, I my prediction is I think by the end of this season I think he's I think he is going to freeze to death in his cell. Ugh. So that's my prediction, or. They're going to do everything they can to get him out of his cell because of Jared being a dick. And within a day or two of him and him and Michaela starting a life together because of all the time he was locked up, he's going to die. Oh, golly, you're just getting more and more tragic. I, 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 I think it makes the writing of a good series when stuff like that happens. Yeah. OK, Game of Thrones. But, and it, but it progresses the story further, too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I, I hope that I like Zeke. I, I like the potential of Zeke. I don't want Jared to win. I think that Jared made a huge mistake by trying to keep the two of them apart and being as, as petty as he was because, I mean, that's like when a 16-year-old girl comes home with a boyfriend that she shouldn't have and the parents are like, we hate him. And she's like, well, I love him. And then she marries him and has his babies and then they get a divorce <laughs> later. And it was all in spite of their parents because they basically pushed them together. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, just let it happen and just be supportive and then let them make their own decisions about each other. Like, I, I realize that's a very evolved way of thinking and this is television, but it just pisses me off when stuff like this happens. No, I and I, I see that as well. And I hate being as tragic as I am with my prediction. But, you know, I... You notice that I chose to ignore it. 
Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> you were in, we have thir- we have twelve more episodes to discover how this season is going to end. I mean, and again, in twelve episodes, maybe we won't even get to that point yet where Zeke is going to die. It, they might keep him around for another season. Twelve episodes might then, not take a year's time. Then they got to kill the leukemia kid, but uh, they, they they can't keep Cal around. If they're not going to advance the time. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? But wasn't Cal also in remission? So, I mean, you can't kill him. That's what I'm saying. So you have to get rid of Zeke then. Or you get rid of Jared. Well, okay. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how from from one finale to a premiere, we've completely flipped on Jared? Yeah, because I was rooting for Jared, man. And you hated me because my prediction for last season at the end of everything, even before the finale aired, was I said there was going to be a scuffle between Zeke and Jared, and Zeke was going to shoot Jared. And then the finale played out the way it did, and I was like, and we didn't find out who got shot. I was like, son of a bitch, like, my prediction, I need to know if my prediction came 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 to fruition. Oh my gosh. And it turned out to be Michaela that was shot. Well, of course it was going to be Michaela. If Jared got shot, that would be too easy. I like easy at this point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we ended up spending more time on this on this premiere than I thought we were going to, but that's all right. Yeah, but I'm glad that you liked it. So I've come around on it now. Now that we've been talking about it a little bit more, I've I've come around on it. That's because you're excited that it's back. I am. I really am excited that it's back. Me so. too. Um. Me too. So, hey, I just want to do a quick shout out. Jill, there you go. There's all my my opinion. She's like, I can't wait to talk to you about this. I need to talk to you about this. I go, I'm going to podcast on it this week. She goes, I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> and I think so she Jill, listens. I would like to. She does listen to it every week, but she just doesn't put feedback in ever. Well, now she can. Like now, now that we're talking about manifest again, she can start leaving us manifest minutes feedback. Yeah, Jill, we are calling you out. Send in some feedback. <laughs> You've listened since the very first episode of this podcast. It's now time to hear from you, yes, my friend. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and that's the thing, too. You know, uh, we ask for your feedback as listeners. We ask for your feedback on the episodes of Lost. But um, now that Manifest has returned, send us feedback on Manifest as well. We're technically covering two shows an episode now, uh, at least until Manifest ends again. So... Leave us feedback. And if you have feedback about Star Wars or The Mandalorian, we're going to be recording on that soon. Yeah. So send a, that in as well. Leave, tell us what you thought about Rise of Skywalker. Let us know about what you thought about Mandalorian. And we'll use that when we do the Star Wars one-off sometime in the next couple weeks. Spoiler alert. I have very, very strong opinions about both. I'm sure you do. You have strong opinions about everything. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm like, this is no different than everything else. It doesn't matter. I know. My cousin, my cousin over the holidays, I said, I have very strong opinions about that. He goes, no, you bullshit. (laughs) I I can tell you right now, though, uh, without giving too many spoilers, that at the end of The Mandalorian, um, that very last scene, I got very excited. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Yeah, a lot of us did. My reaction. Wondering if you're gonna put that in. Oh, of course. I had to find a place to put it in somewhere. 
If any of you have not seen the show New Girl, I invite you to please watch the Prince episode. Just watch the Prince episode. Um, That's it. it. It's We've talked about this in previous episodes before. Like You've been trying to get me to watch New Girl, and I've finally been pushing through it. I'm in the second to last season. I have about 20 episodes left, and that sound clip... You, I played while you and I were prepping for this episode, and we were in yeah. tears because yeah, I watched. That's the <laughs> that's the Prince episode. All I can say is that is the reaction of one of the characters getting to meet Prince. Um, and- <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you if you haven't if you haven't seen New Girl before, as Kristen said, go back and watch the Prince episode, or just YouTube um, Jess and Nick meet Prince. No, just watch the Prince. Well, the episode. whole episode. It's great. The whole episode the whole, is fantastic. It's oh, gosh, I love that show so much. I love that show so much. I am absolutely loving the show now that I've actually jumped into it, and it's been so much fun to watch. Um, cry laugh funny that scene that uh, that sound clip that I played had me in tears when I watched yeah. that scene um, <laughs> it makes so much more sense when you watch the entire scene with Prince because uh, <laughs> Prince is in that episode and it's fantastic um, <laughs> you know, just for one more time at work and had to like take their earbuds out due to that it's not that loud due to that girl scream <laughs> that is a guy actually I'm not gonna play it anymore I don't want to kill it but yeah just watch that episode um so uh. yes uh Thank you. <laughs> leave funny. us feedback for Lost. Leave us feedback for Manifest. Leave us man, uh, feedback for The Mandalorian and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, anytime over the course. Well, Lost and Manifest, you can leave it for us every week. Uh, Star Wars, Mandalorian, leave it, I'd say, over the next week, uh, week and a half. Uh, we'll try and record that within the next two weeks. Uh, but to leave us feedback, there are multiple ways that you can do that. First, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash Revisited. We are on Twitter at Lost Revisit Pod. You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Also, point of order, I'm going to get a new Instagram account going because I like Instagram. I relate to Instagram and I think it could be really fun to use Instagram stories to watch like manifest or lost week to week. Um, so if you're interested in it, let us know. Um, but I think I might just do it anyways, because I really, really, really love Instagram. And I'm sorry, I forgot our password. <laughs> really, I am. <laughs> I really, I am. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, if it's not saved in my phone, I don't know it. That's just how it is. I'm sorry. Well, I'll try one more time to see if maybe I can restore it. Um, and then, uh, well, if not, we'll create another one. We'll, cr- we'll create a new okay. Instagram account. Um, I can also say, too, it's, it's an idea we've explored before, but we could also try and do it again. There are ways for me to do online watch parties. 
um, through an app that I use that you can use on both your phone and your PC. So we could always organize maybe for like a season finale of Lost or something like that before we talk about the episode. We could do an online. How about for not Penny's boat? We could. I mean, we we got plenty of time to organize it and and get it going. So uh, if you're interested in possibly watching an episode with us online, let us know. Let us know in feedback and uh, we can put that together. But I mean, uh, we know a lot of people remain silent when it comes to feedback because, you know, it, it does take a little bit of time to do it. I encourage everybody to, even if it's just a message on Facebook, even if it's just a post to the Facebook page, let us know if you'd be interested. Even if you don't leave us feedback for the episodes, just leave us something and let us know if you would join in on a watch party because then we can put it together. And it would be fun. It would be fun. Uh, but that leads us to the fact that we do indeed have some feedback from this week in that our friends Des and Steve have left us voicemails as they often do. So glad Des left a voicemail. I love him. Here's the thing with Des's voicemail. <laughs> so anytime I don't listen to feedback before we play it because I like hearing it for the first time. But I do play the first couple seconds just to make sure it's it's able to be played. So before we went on break we started talking about how Des would be a potential co-host while you were on vacation. And it didn't play out. My schedule got kind of tied up. And I know Des um, would have only been able to record from his phone and stuff like that. So needless to say, I haven't listened to the entire thing. I only listened like the first 10 seconds. Des has a little bit of fun with that in his uh, in his voicemail. Oh, so, yay. I'm excited. I'm very excited to see where this is going to go. So let's start with... Um, uh, we have a voicemail from Des and Steve for Lost, and then Steve left us some feedback from Manifest as well. So let's do the two Lost, and then we'll jump into Manifest. Um, starting first with uh, with our voicemail from Des. Here we go. And I'm Des from the I've Never Been on a Podcast Podcast Network. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to say uh, I hope Kristen and Dave and all the kids are having a great time on their vacation. So, Ben, why don't you go ahead with your first point? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Okay, thanks. I'd like to talk about Locke. I mean, he is really taking a turn for the bloodthirsty this episode. He seems more than willing to just go ahead and kill Mikhail. He even pushes him in between the pylons, which for all he knows could have killed him instantly. And what's the point about lying about the C4? How was I to know there was C4 in the basement? Well, I freaking got some in your backpack, John. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm trashing John now. What else have you got, Ben? <laughs> it keeps going. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought so, too. Yeah. Jerk. <laughs> yeah. When that guy did that thing, yeah, really. Totally. Oh, yep. sure. My next topic, mommy issues. <laughs> we always say this show is full of daddy issues, but plenty of our losties have problems with their moms. Jack's mom's codependent and judgmental. John's batshit crazy. Uh, Kate's mom stayed with an alcoholic abusive asshole. This issue, excuse me, this episode, Sen talks about how her mother's elitist and never worked a day in her life. Uh, And Claire is racked with guilt over her responsibility of putting her mother in a coma. Uh, Got any notes, Ben? I just said that five minutes ago. Were the you even page, listening to me, Ben? The page turning. You're not talking. It's just like psh, zoned out. Okay, I'll go ahead with mine. Uh, let's see. 
First of all, Charlie's fruit bouquet must have cost about $200 online. Uh, Desmond the Bird Whisperer. Uh, what was Sawyer about to call Claire anyway? Barb, I have no idea. Barbie. Uh, Saeed in the map. Had he not looked at the map at all before this? I mean, it's clear there's like a border it's all the way clear. around the barracks. It's so clear. It's <laughs> and I think so it's clear. even marked that it's like it some is. kind of security defense system. Uh, well, he's Claire not that worked smart, in a tattoo guys. shop. Claire doesn't have any tattoos. I've spent enough time in tattoo shops to know that they they even distrust people that come in there without tattoos. You rarely see somebody in one without a tattoo. Uh, yeah, but she wasn't Desmond, a tattoo artist. the beach picnic cock block. <laughs> and then finally, I've got Jack and Friendly's football bro date. That's all I got. It was nice to be here. I think I'm just going to go in the corner and eat some out-of-date eBay sweet heat Skittles and cry. See you guys later. Yay! Bye. Heat Skittles. I got him on those. I got him on the Sweet Heat Skittles. Um, he, uh, I, I, I love the, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, what was it? The beach flag at Cockblock or whatever. He said Des is, Des is the beach yeah. flag at Cockblock. Yeah, I think so. Desmond. Um, yeah. As for, like, as for um, Claire in the tattoo parlor, she wasn't a tattoo artist. So I, it was completely believable to me weird. that she didn't have tattoos. She just did piercings. So I think with a with in a, a at a tattoo parlor, I have never seen a ta- I've never seen a uh, piercing gun at a tattoo parlor. They always use a yeah. needle. So that was that was interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was a mall tattoo. Parlor. <laughs> it could have been. Uh, but thanks, Des, for your unorthodox version of feedback this week i think that was an audition and i think he passed uh, it could have been an audition i think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call you back for another visit which means he's gonna do it again next week now that i just said that well just get him on the podcast i want him on the podcast he would be so fun and i did uh, have a great time on vacation thank you uh so that leaves us with uh our buddy steve and here is his feedback for par avion Hey, Kristen, this is Steve, uh, and this is for Par Avion. Welcome back. Welcome uh, to the new year. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought of this episode. And I absolutely love the back and forth between uh, Locke and Saeed at the beginning, the whole thing about, uh, well, it's just a a map, and it may not be correct. And then Saeed's like, well, it's better than writing on your stick. That was funny. (laughs) Really great. Um, Do you think Mikhail, did he actually know who was on the list or was he just trying to kind of get into their their heads uh, a little bit with that whole thing about, well, you're flawed and then kind of looking at each of them and talking about how they were flawed. Um, I thought that was interesting that it was Russo's interruption that stopped him from saying that John had been paralyzed. How many people on the island know? Is it just Rose in and John at this point, uh, and John's line, uh, you never know when a little C4 might come in handy. Uh, chuckled. I chuckled at that. And of course him pushing Mikhail through the, through the barrier. Uh, and, uh, I loved, 
you know, I watched Rise of Skywalker a, a few times because I, I liked it and uh, loved seeing uh, Dominic Monaghan. Uh, he looks so young in this episode. And I realized it was 13 years ago uh, that this episode aired. So uh, just crazy. Um, can't wait to hear what you guys thought about this. Uh, can't wait to uh, hear the rest of the season and uh, looking forward to the discussion about uh, the man from Tallahassee and then expose. Oh, God. <laughs> right. uh, talk to you later. Don't make expose sound more interesting than it actually is. <laughs> expose. Ooh la la. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about that as to how many people know John's secret. And I think at this point, you're right. I think it's literally just Rose and John. Boone was the only other person that knew and Boone's gone. So it's, you know, and well, we know Michael knows his secret as well. So that's one of the reasons why I think he pushed him through. He was willing to sacrifice him. Uh, but think, uh, thanks, Steve, for uh, for the feedback this week. Although we still have one more from you, and that's for Manifest. So if you're ready, Kristen, I will play that now. Listo. Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Steve. This is for Manifest Minutes, uh, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to watch it a second time. So I'm just sending this in quick as uh, I've only watched it once. But uh, I, I don't think I had any thought that Michaela would be the one shot. I Obviously, I thought it was going to be either Jared or Zeke. Um, Me so too. That was, that was a nice little surprise there. I, I kind of like the direction they're taking of trying to find these other passengers and see what's going on. Um, the two months later jump, I, I wonder if we're going to get to see some of what was going on. Was Jared visiting her in the hospital or wasn't he? I was a little confused by that. So, okay, I don't want to take up too much time, but I, I did enjoy it and I'm looking forward to uh, what next week's got to offer. Talk to you later. Short and simple. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Short, short and simple. That was uh, thanks, Steve. So we'll dive into obviously manifest deeper as we as we progress forward. And we actually spent more time on it than I thought we would, which isn't a bad thing. That was you know I like the fact that it we was did. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we um, again next week's uh, next episode of Lost, we're going to talk about is season three, episode thirteen, the Man from Tallahassee, which is such a great episode. I can't wait uh, to dive into that more. Uh, But as we usually do, as we wrap up these episodes, anything out there that you kind of want to recommend to people uh, at the time for the time? Mandalorian. If they haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it yet, please see it. Please. I'm begging you. Get Disney Plus. See it. There you go. I've I've been hearing great things about The Witcher, which I have not watched yet. We watched the first episode. Were you not sold on it, or is that you just haven't continued with it yet? Um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. I, look, I get it. I see the potential in it, but I feel like this show was possibly made for people that are already familiar with the story. Uh, there was no real lead-in. There was a lot of information in the first episode that I felt I couldn't keep up with. And the accents are so thick that at times uh, it felt very muddled. Um, And we, like Dave and I both, we could not understand what what was being said. Um, And 
you know, this is somebody who I I've watched I've watched and podcasted on Game of Thrones. I watch British television. Like I am not a stranger to a British accent. For some reason, I had a lot of trouble with understanding The Witcher and understanding the story. And um, if the point was to cater to the already set fan base, then I'm sure it was wonderful. But I haven't read the book. I haven't played the game. I'm interested in the story because I do want something to replace Game of Thrones and take that bad taste out of my mouth. I'm just not sure that this is that that story. Okay. How's Fair. How's that? No, that works. That totally, uh, totally is understandable. Again, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm, and I'm not familiar with the source material. I've never played any of the games. I've never read any of the books. So um, we'll see. Well, how let it me is. know what you think. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, we'll see how it is when I finally dive into it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think I made this recommendation last week, so this will just be um, uh, our last episode. It, it's been so long, so I don't know if I actually made this. Rec- Did I recommend Knives Out? last episode okay all right um i still recommend that because it's a fantastic movie uh (laughs) absolutely loved it um as far as something new to recommend um i can recommend another movie uh called jojo rabbit oh yeah i heard that that's fantastic which is absolutely amazing um but other than that i really don't have much of anything else that I can recommend. Uh, start New Girl. I'm kind of taking your your rain, the reins from you and recommending that to people Yay! now. <clears throat> because I've been watching it and I've been hysterically laughing most of the time. Because oh, it's hilarious. The show is hysterical. And I'm almost done it already. I've been, man, I've been barreling through it. You have been. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had the time because all, all of these other shows are on break. So, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will recommend too, if you're a fan of the DC properties like the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and stuff like that, um, my DC Primetime podcast has been talking about the whole Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover uh, as the as the show pertains to it. But another podcast on this network, our friends Mark and Steve, do Panels to Pixel is actually they just released an episode last week uh, or this past week rather. Uh, they left the whole Crisis on Infinite Earths television element to us on DC Primetime because they knew we would. So they actually picked up talking about the comparisons of the show to the comic book. So they they wanted to talk about Crisis, but they didn't want to steal our spotlight. So they took a different approach to it and, and made the comparison from television to comic, which was really cool. So if you're interested in any of that, check out DC Primetime right now and check out Panels to Pixels because we both talk about it in different ways. Awesome. Um, other than that, I got nothing else. Unless you do. I got nothing. I'm hungry. I want to have lunch. Well, didn't you want to bring up certain links? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. I, I swear (laughs) I'm not this thoughtless. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're like me and you care about other people and animals and all sorts of other stuff, um, you probably have heard about the Australian uh, wildfires. And if you are not uh, aware of the extent of the fires, just go to Instagram um, because there is there are a lot of posts out there that will show you the extent of what the fires have really done to Australia. And it is it's awful. They uh, for anybody that doesn't know, they have lost uh, there have been, um, you know, deaths. I think it's like up to like maybe 
30 or 40 deaths of people. But I think the the main problem is that they've lost half a billion, billion with a B, animals. Um, they've got Kangaroo Island is on fire. They're, they've lost... Um, a third of all koalas have been lost. Um, it's it's tragic. It's awful. So, you know, we have some friends that are in Australia and um, friends of the podcast network and um, of of groups and that we've been a part friends, of. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, so, I just wanted to put out there that there. Um, there are ways that you can donate. I know that Ellen DeGeneres, um, she actually has a GoFundMe page, and I know that she is going to make sure that that money goes directly to Australia. Not a lot of charities do that, uh, Red Cross being one of them. Um, so if you want to donate some money quickly and easily, I know that um, she has a GoFundMe set up, and you can uh, donate the money. Uh, she said that uh, Delta Airlines or United Airlines uh, already donated like two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. You know, Chris Hemsworth, who is a native of Australia, he has donated a million dollars. Pink donated five hundred thousand uh, dollars. So people are are trying to donate, but. You know, a good point has been made that uh, with the Am- the recent Amazon fires and these Australian fires, they're having trouble finding people to help them financially uh, in the wake of some really devastating loss. And Notre Dame got like something like billions of dollars in less than a day uh, to help restore that um, that historical landmarks. So, I mean, if we can put some of that money and energy into helping Australia when, you know, they've never been uh, an enemy really of anybody um, and they're in true crisis, I think that, you know, money and 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 such can be taken um, very, very willingly there. I didn't get that out right. Um, I knew what I, you meant. Yeah. I also found uh, a a link the other day that if you are crafty, uh, if you crochet or you sew, they're actually looking for people to help with um, making some pouches and some um, little booties and some uh, little nests for the bats. Uh, all the animals have lost kind of their home and there there's a lot of pouch animals and there's a lot of burrowing animals. And so one way that we as people can help is that we can take um, – some very specific dimensions and plans. Uh, I have all of this information and I can send all of my screenshots of directions on how to make all this stuff to Ben. And if Ben wants to put it up on Facebook, he can do that. Um, But there are, um, there are ways that you don't even have to donate financially. You can actually put, put your crafting to, to use and you can help these animals get some comfort just by making them some pouches or making them some um, booties for their feet, which have been uh, very severely burned um, from the fires and uh, just give them some comfort and some love that way. Uh, So I'll give those um, pictures and that link over to Ben if you want to put that up on Facebook. Um, the Australian Red Cross has um, a website where um, you can you can donate there. It's redcross.org.au. 
Uh, First Nations Committee has created a GoFundMe page uh, to provide a culturally sensitive, specific, direct support to First Nations communities displaced by the fires. Uh, That's at au.gofundme.com. If how can you help the animals in Australia? I think we just talked about that. Um, there's also something called WIRES, which is New South Wales-based Wildlife uh, Information Rescue and Education Service Incorporated. It's uh, Australia's largest wildlife rescue organization. It's accepting donations to fund the rescue and care of animals affected by the fires. Uh, you can learn about that at wires.org.au. There's a koala hospital uh, that needs some help. The hospital, uh, you can go to the hospital's Facebook page or you can donate at koalahospital.org.au forward slash shop forward slash donation. Australia Zoo Wildlife Hospital, um, who uh, the Irwin family is a part of, uh, they are also raising money for uh, new enclosures to house flying foxes and koalas injured or displaced. You can donate there at azwh.blackbod, that's B-L-A-C-K-B-A-U-D, tacsites.com. Um, and there's there's so many others uh, that if, if you want to go to the Irwin family's uh, social media, they have all sorts of ways that you can uh, get involved. Uh, as with uh, Chris Hemsworth also has the same thing. Kristen Bell has it um, all over her page as well. And like I said, Ellen DeGeneres. So there's a million ways. I'm sure you've seen it. I, we all know about it. I just wanted to touch on it so that we could just all be a part of the solution uh, for once. It would be nice. Okay. Fair enough. And yeah, I've I've definitely seen it. I actually saw a... Um a Facebook fundraiser that was floating around somewhere. And I wish I bookmarked it. Um, but uh, I was kind of astounded because when, when Facebook does a fundraiser, I believe most, when you attach it to a charity, I believe most of, if not all of the profits go directly to that charity. I don't think Facebook keeps any of it. Um, and if they do, it's a very small percentage. Um, I saw a Facebook fundraiser floating around the other day and the amount blew my mind because it was, um, it was over $31 million. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're definitely raising money, but every little bit helps. Uh, so I, I stand behind you supporting this. And again, like you said, we have friends who live in Australia. Uh, I saw an article the other day that Canada is actually sending firefighters to Australia to help. Um, I wish we did the same thing, but unfortunately, and not to get too political, the state of this country just kind of makes it a little impossible. Uh, however, being an ex-firefighter, if I had the means to go to Australia, my ass would be there right now. So, yeah. Well, you also need to take care of your own health. But. True. But, you know, it, still, that's like a, just a firefighter's mentality. Our, our own personal well-being gets put aside to help others. So if I was able to do it, I would, I would be there right now. Not to mention the fact that it would be a reason to go to Australia. It would not be the best reason mm-hmm. to go to Australia, but, you know, still. Uh, but no, but thanks for sharing the links and everything to that. We, you know, we recommend everybody uh, support in any way that you can. And yeah, like I said, if you do want any of that crafting stuff, I have all of that information. Just um, I can't give it to you over podcast weights. Yeah. But if you want to directly message me, I am on Instagram at uh, Miss Keek, M-I-S-S-K-E-E-K. Uh, and I'm on Twitter, although my Twitter is just angry. So <laughs> don't go over there. <laughs> um, and, and I'm sure you'll send me that stuff too, so I can post it on the Facebook page. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> which again is um, Facebook.com slash uh, Lost Revisited. So, but I think that's going to wrap it up for the podcast. We're at an hour and like 45 minutes, hour and 48 minutes. It's a little longer than usual, but you know, we had a lot to talk about coming back from a long break. So, uh, more than, more than reasonable. We're still under two hours, which is good. Yay. So, um, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for being listeners and everything else that you guys do in support of us. Uh, next week, we talk about the man from Tallahassee until that time though, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Cheers, mate. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>